Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. With available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome in to the Early Edge College Football Preview Show, Week 11 edition. Hard to believe we're already at Week 11. It's good to see everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. And I'll tell you what, before we get started on this week, let's take a look at how we did on last week. And look at our man, Tom Fernelli, almost running through it right there. Army Air Force under 40. My man is just coming with it every single year on the Surface Academy Unders. A nice one. Chip Patterson as well coming through. And you know what? We ended up pretty much 50%. Let's bring in the stars of the show because I want to talk about this of where we sit as a show. And gentlemen, first off, pleasure to see you as always. Thank you so much for coming back week after week. You guys sit 87 and 87 on the year. 50% right at it. A good spot to be. The final stretch. You guys are going to crush it. We all know you will. So first up, Tom Fernelli, my man. How are we doing, sir? I am. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, if you watch the Cover 3 show this morning, I'm calmer than I was this morning. So... I'm feeling good, feeling excited. I think we're going to do better than 500 this week, though. We got to get that record up there. There we go. There we go. We'll do it. Chip Patterson, how are we doing, sir? Short memory, baby. Zero and zero. That's what we are. We're just striving to go one and zero in every day, and we're just forgetting everything, just like a golfer does with their last shot. Was it when we say AB two years now? I've been telling them snap and clear. That's what we're doing. <laughs> we we take a college football weekend. We lay it. Look. <clears throat> not bad, right? Four and three for me personally. You know, you mentioned the the show as a whole doing okay, but you know, we're not going to sit and think about that. We snap and clear. We're on to the next one. We snap and clear indeed. Also, I will say to highlight the Friday AM early edge show known as the big pick energy with coach chip and Emery. Uh, the funny part about that is that someone's going to slip up on that. And I feel it's going to be coach. It's going to happen at some point. I'm just waiting on it. So everyone pay attention. But Friday mornings, man, I'm telling you, it's the most electric show that we have. Fat show, my man, Jake Fetner. First off, look at you in a whole, a whole house over here. All glass. All glass. How? Okay, first off, how are we doing? Second, what did you notice from the Sportsline Advanced Models uh, from last week coming over to this week? Any kind of trends that you're seeing? Yeah, we're doing good. You know, college basketball just started. Feeling good about that. Off to a 7-1 star in the college basketball season. Our college basketball model, got to plug that as well. We are plus 11 units through three days just on B plays. We don't have any A plays for up until like five games into the season just because the data is still off. But we're feeling good about college basketball. 
And the model actually did pretty well last week in college football. We went eight and four in team totals. Should have been ten and two. We had uh, UNC cost us by by laying down late in the game, taking a knee, uh, and then TCU also couldn't convert a goal to go situation. But we're feeling good. We did pretty well on uh, player props as well. So feeling good. That a boy. And I'll tell you what. I hate to hear that on TCU, but I will say that TCU with the nine last week. Came in nicely. TCU second half cashes every time. (laughs) Every time, man. Every single time. All right. Let's get into the storylines that affect the betting lines for this week. And also, you notice our man, Michael Roberts, not with us this week. He's got some uh, some family things going on, uh, so he had to, uh, to dip out and do that. But we wish him all the best and can't wait to see him next week. All right, Chip, start with you. So, as we mentioned, we're in week 11. All right? We're getting there. Bull motivations. Talk to us, man. Always look at the following things. Number one, whether or not the team that you are looking to back is bowl eligible. Number two, how close are they to being bowl eligible? And number three, what is the remaining schedule? Because I think this cuts both ways. I think there are teams where making a bowl game is something that is going to be a unique motivation, something that they're really going to celebrate and the players are going to get excited for. And again, when you look at the remaining schedule, the game that you're looking at might be the best opportunity for them to be able to get bowl eligible. I like to look at the potential intangible advantage that a team like that might have, knowing that this is your best chance to be bowl eligible. You're going to be going all out. You're going to be playing above your power rating in order to reach that goal. You also have some teams which might have mailed it into them the season, and they might be sitting there, and one more loss, well, that takes away the potential of a bowl. And so does Nebraska want to go to a bowl game? Does Auburn want to go to a bowl game? Heck, (laughs) does Texas A&M even want to go to a bowl game? So all these things we keep in mind, especially this week, but also next week and the next. Again, is the team bowl eligible? Are they one win away from being bowl eligible or one loss away from being bowl ineligible? And what is the remaining schedule? A couple plays influenced by that this week, but – uh but always something to keep in mind here in November. Yeah. Hey, you know what? That's good advice. And uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I'll say this. I am fascinated to just see how all of this Texas A&M thing just plays out the rest of the year, the off season, all of it, man. Like I am just fascinated beyond belief. I'm sure Jim will be happy just to cash his $95 million buyout. Dude. You know? And, and he has no, like his next job, like that doesn't knock down the buyout money either, which is, Jimmy Sexton is the smartest man that's ever existed. There, that's Jimbo to Auburn. Let's go, Jimbo to Auburn. Jimbo I want to see. Auburn. I want to see Jimbo get all eighty plus million from Auburn, then go take an eight million dollar per year job with Auburn. With I mean, from Texas A and M, go and get it with Auburn. So the man's just like bleeding out Texas A and M while also playing them every single year. Dude, it's a strategic move. And also, at this rate, in the next couple of years, Jimbo Fisher's apparently just going to buy an NFL team. He's going to be a billionaire. Like, so congrats to him. I cannot wait to bet against that NFL team that Jimbo (laughs) Fisher got. (laughs) Absolutely. All right, Fernelli, coming over to you, man. All right, so I want to hear more on this. Injuries, real and imagined. Break it down. Yeah, it's not all that different from what Chip was talking about. It's just like we are at the point of the year where like you play football and your body just kind of starts getting sore as the season goes along. And that's just the way it works. But for some teams, 
there's still something to play for. So maybe you're a little bit banged up and you're willing to play through it. But for other teams, maybe there are some guys who are a little banged up who don't really feel like putting themselves on the line for these games that maybe no longer have as much importance since they're not really playing for anything. Or as we were talking about the Texas A&M situation, a lot of guys suddenly came up with the flu late last week, weren't available in the game. Is it the flu? Because it is that time of year but it is also the time of the year for the transfer portal flu. Are these guys that just don't really want to waste any more games, maybe retaining possible extra year of eligibility before hitting the portal to go somewhere else. So these are things you have to pay attention to on Saturday, like leading up to the game time, especially for, I know a game we'll be talking about a real injury. Arkansas quarterback KJ Jefferson was banged up. What's his situation going to be before that LSU game? Because that's obviously going to have a major impact on the game or just, following to make sure because it was shortly before Texas A&M game Texas A&M's game last week where we found out all these guys were going to be missing including their starting quarterback because they came down with the flu so you got it's something you need to keep an eye on obviously if you see something to exploit early in the week with your numbers and you want to take advantage of it by all means go ahead but just keep an eye on this going into Saturday because there's going to be some surprises dude that's that's excellent advice and I'll tell you what you guys talked about it last week of how important that these storylines are. Both of you talked about the, the quote-unquote disrespect, right, of TCU and Michigan in the initial college football playoff and how those two were the two teams that were, you know, slighted the most, right? What did they both do? Covered. They both went out covered. Absolutely. Like, you guys nailed that one of saying, look, this is how important that these things are, so everybody pay attention. Like, they absolutely do matter. All right, let's get into our picks for this week, all right? And, Chip, I'm coming at you first, my man. We got an SEC, the SEC battle of the year. Forget Tennessee, Georgia, which that wasn't a game, by the way. Uh, We've got Kentucky hosting Vanderbilt, all right? You're rolling Kentucky, team total over 33. What do you see, my man? I seen Will Levis be stanking it up here in these last couple weeks. And I know that Will Levis has to go against Georgia's defense next week. So when we're sitting there watching Ryan Wilson give you his mock draft of where Will Levis is going to go, we are going to be running highlights of the Kentucky Vanderbilt game because this is the game where Will Levis is absolutely going to cook. This is where Kentucky is going to let him run wild because, yes, it does benefit Mark Stoops. It does benefit Kentucky football for Will Levis to go as high in this NFL draft as possible. And after a couple weeks of not really having great performances, certainly Tennessee was absolutely horrendous. Uh, Again, not even as productive in winning fashion the following week. Georgia in the future. I just think that this is the Will Levis game. Um, If you also want to fade Vanderbilt's secondary because they just had to put their defensive backs coach in timeout, I don't hate that either. (laughs) But, uh, you know, we're not going to wade too much deeper into that. Let's just say that (laughs) I think that Kentucky's passing attack will have one of its best days uh, against Vanderbilt. Team total over. I'm depressed now. Now, go ahead. Where are you saying? I'm depressed because we finally reached a point where all the mock drafts were no longer putting Will Levis in like the top 10. (laughs) And now he's going to come out and throw for like 330 yards against Vanderbilt. And he's going to be right back at the top of these mock drafts. Right back, dude. Hey, like Chip said, man, let Levis cook. Yeah. Let your boy cook, man. I mean, I don't know if you could draft someone in the top 10 who uses mayonnaise in their coffee. I just think, I don't know if I could have that as my quarterback. (laughs) 
Chef Levis this Saturday. <laughs> you heard it here first. There we go. All right, Fernelli, coming over to you, man. Look, and you want to talk about celebrating something like, uh, you know, oh, God, I'm an idiot. What's the name when, like, the moon is in front of the sun? The blood moon? Yeah. All right. So it doesn't come around often. And I'm, Fornelli, I'm glad that you mentioned that. In over from our man, Tom Fornelli, <laughs> Wisconsin, Iowa, over 35. Break it down, my man. What do you see? Oh, it's it. I know it's a surprise and it goes against a lot of what I'm typically doing. But the total's too low. Like, the total is based upon who Iowa and Wisconsin had been for the first couple of months of the season. But if you've been paying attention to both teams in the last few weeks, offensively, they are starting to figure things out. Ever since Jim Leonard took over for Paul Christ, the offense has taken a step forward. Nobody's talking about it because they're not playing important games. But Graham Mertz, the Wisconsin quarterback, after being very disappointing his first few years there in Madison, is actually playing pretty well this year and actually kind of living up to the recruiting hype that had surrounded him going to Madison. On the other side, an Iowa offense that we have, you know, no secret talked about as being one of the worst in the country, not, not, you know, not being hyperbolic, like statistically just one of the worst in the country. It's kind of woken up the last couple of weeks. Now, granted, the competition hasn't been as fierce, but Purdue was a good team with a pretty solid defense that Iowa was able to move the ball against pretty well last week. So I just look at this total of 35 and I look at these two defenses, which also do an excellent job of forcing turnovers and pressuring opposing quarterbacks. So even if we see some regression from these teams on offense going into this game, I think the defenses will be capable of scoring some points or at least giving them their teams very short fields to work with. So 35, listen, this isn't going to be a 60, 70 point kind of shootout, but 35 is too low. It is not too much to ask one of these teams to get into the 20s, and I think one of them will. So take the over. There we go. You heard it from the man himself. When he says take it over, boy, you get out there and take that over. All right, Fat Show, coming over to you. Another over, except it's a team total. We have SMU, all right, the ponies heading down to South Florida. South Florida, correct me if I'm wrong, just rid themselves of Jeff Scott, their head coach, mm -hmm. correct? Correct. Yep. So we've got SMU, Fetner. You take a team total over 45 and a half, my man. Oh, Big yeah. Number. Break it down. What you got? I mean, I wish I got this at 44 and a half. I know the implied odds have the game at 44 and a half, but I'll still take 45 and a half. Temple, Temple scored 54 last week against USF. And USF's defense is actually worse at home. I'm going to go ahead and read to you the game log since last November of last year at home. So this is against Houston. They allowed 54 points. Against Cincinnati, 45 points. BYU earlier this season, 50. East Carolina. East Carolina put up 48 against USF and USF. Tulane, 45. And then last week we saw Temple put up 54. That was at Temple. SMU put up, what, 49 points in the first half against Houston. And that was the, the Houston team that was the favorite in the AAC before the season started. Tanner Mordecai had 10 touchdowns. They couldn't stop him. I don't Even without Jeff Scott, I mean, they might have more energy without their coach, a new, new system, whatever. I don't see this defense stopping Tanner Mordecai this week. I like Memphis. We have, our model has him at 52 points. I like something similar to that. All right. All right. So it looks like the uh, Eric Dickerson offense is back. Like oh, they're just yeah. pumping it in. I like they're it. They're running nice. buildings. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right. Uh, Chip, coming back over to you. All right. So you guys spoke about it last week. Michigan, big number, 
Rutgers covered it, covered it with ease. You're going back to Michigan. They're at home against Nebraska. You've got Michigan minus 29 and a half. Who wants to be here? (laughs) (laughs) Nebraska players, Nebraska coaches, and it's on the road too. So like you, you got to already go all the way to Ann Arbor and you got to deal with that tunnel, you know? And I just think that Michigan is in a great place where it just slowly squeezes all the life out of you. And game might even be close in the first quarter. Game might even be at reach in the first half, but they are relentless in the way that they continue to turn three-yard runs into six-yard runs and six-yard runs into 30-yard runs. Blake Corum wears you down. The defense squeezes you out. We have not seen Nebraska's offense be very potent recently, and I certainly don't think it's going to happen against one of the better defensive teams in the entire country. I was like, Nebraska team total under. You know, I kept like full game under or maybe Michigan over in case they run it up. And I said, come on, dummy. Just take Michigan and lay the points. All these different scenarios that I'd laid out for the total all involve Michigan winning by 30, so I'll take Michigan winning by 30. Dude, I'll tell you this, man. Like, Michigan, that's a damn good football team. Like, they remind me of Georgia last year. Like, their defense, like you said, it's like a boa constrictor, man. Like, they're on you. The offense, do they just choke you out. Like, they're a good football team. So, I feel you on that one, man. All right, Fernelli, coming over to you. And I think you're going to make Fet show pretty happy with this one, him being a Florida alum here. We've got Florida at home versus South Carolina. Florida, a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. You're taking the Gators here. What do you say? Yeah, Lamb. Uh, to go kind of along with what Chip was saying here, you know, Shane Beamer, South Carolina, they've got that mission accomplished banner hanging behind them on the aircraft <laughs> carrier after getting that win last <laughs> week. They they are bowl eligible. This is a team that, you know, when it came into the season, let's be real. Like you talk about, oh, we're going to win the SEC East or this. The real goal for South Carolina was we got to get to a bowl. They've clinched that after beating Vandy last week. They are six and three. They are going to a bowl and they got it just in time because the rest of their schedule was not going to be very friendly as far as finding another win because they've got the Florida game on the road this weekend. They've got Tennessee next weekend and then they finish at Clemson. It was difficult to imagine them getting the win. Meanwhile, Florida, they have bigger aspirations than getting to a bowl game this year, but they're not quite there yet. They've only won five games, but if you just look at how things have broken down for them this season, their losses have come to Georgia, LSU, Tennessee, three teams that are currently in the top, what, six, six or seven, top seven, and a Kentucky team that is once again ranked, even though I don't really think it's that good, but still, all of their losses have come to teams that are currently ranked. They beat Utah. They've beaten South Florida, they've beaten Eastern Washington, they've beaten Mizzou, and they've beaten Texas A&M, which is a way of saying that Florida loses to the teams it is supposed to lose to, and it beats the teams it is supposed to beat. South Carolina is a team that Florida is supposed to beat. It is 6-3. and three. It is not as good as that record suggests. Offensively, they had a great game last week, but there's the only one they've really had all season long. I think that they will struggle to find that same kind of success this week in the swamp against the Gators. I think this is probably a 10 to a 14 point win for Florida. So if I'm getting it in only seven and a half, let's go. Nice. No, that's an excellent point, man. Especially on Florida. Just, you know, a team that beats the teams it's supposed to loses to the team. Like that, that's the, that's the team that you want in terms of betting. Like I, I could deal with all that. Be consistent. If you're consistent, I can make money off that team. It's an excellent play by you. Now, Fetner coming over to you, man. So we've got Tennessee, bouncing off of that whatever you call that against Georgia at home 
against Missouri. All right. You're taking Tennessee in the first half with the spread of minus 11 and a half. What do you see, buddy? Yeah, Tennessee's first half, I mean, they've been dominant except for last game. And I think they're going to take their frustrations from that Georgia game and and just dominate Missouri and come out on fire. They're, they they script the, the first quarter, the first half, better than any other team in the country. Georgia's just so good defensively, and they cannot really do anything against Georgia's defense. I, I think they'll have plenty of success against Missouri. I think they're up by two, three touchdowns at half. I like Hendon Hooker to bounce back. I like all the weapons that Tennessee has to give Missouri some troubles. Give me Tennessee in the first half. Yeah, I feel you on that. Like, I, I'm fascinated to see. Like, this is kind of the first time that, you know, we get to see what does Josh Heupel look like after getting his ass whipped, right? Like, what does that look like? We don't know. You know what I mean? It could be big, could be nothing. Who knows? Also, a side note real quick. All right? Georgia, Mississippi State. What do, you, how, what do you think Georgia looks like this week? Like, you don't have to make a pick or anything on it. And I'll tell you, like, kind of what I'm looking at. I took the under 53 and a half. Like, I kind of think Georgia just goes in. They've accomplished what they needed to accomplish regular season. Go in, stay healthy, win. Like, what are you guys' thoughts on how Georgia looks after a game like that against Tennessee? They smother Mississippi State. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah. Yeah, defensively, there's just nothing Mississippi State can do. Like, if they're able to keep the Tennessee passing attack in check, what is Mississippi State that's thinking and dunking going to do to them? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I agree. And I think, you know, I was thinking about it last night, and we'll get back to the picks. I just wanted to bring it up because, <clears throat> obviously, you know, a lot of people are going to play Georgia, you know, in, in terms of this week. And you guys nailed it on Georgia against um, – I'm sorry, Alabama against Mississippi State. You're like, look, Bama's going to do what they do. But it's not going to be that high scoring. And I think, what was the final score, like 30 to 8? 30 to 6. Yeah. 30 to 6, yeah, right? Like, I, I have a, I kind of feel like it's going to be, like, it's going to kind of mirror that game. So, just wanted to bring that in because I know it wasn't a, a game that we had, uh, you know, picked up. But a lot of people yeah. that up. And, and Will Rogers yeah. really struggled in that Bama game. and Or in, yeah, the Bama game. And I think Georgia's defense is going to use the same exact script. Yeah, that script works. <laughs> I'll say that. That script works. All right, Chip. Coming back at you, man. We've got uh, Washington State at home against Arizona State. You're taking Washington State minus seven and a half. Break that one down. Okay, so first of all, it does harken back a little bit to what I was saying at the beginning of the show because this is an Arizona State team that is currently three and six. And if it was another team, they'd be thinking, hey, you know what? I know we're three and six. We got Oregon State at home next. We got Arizona at the end of the season. We can go on a run right here. This is an Arizona State team that doesn't have a head coach right now. And on the flip side, I mean, this is a Washington State team that was putting it on Stanford just last week. Uh, we finally saw Cam Ward get out there and start cooking once again. We saw them be able to get Nikia Watson out there and start scoring touchdowns. And I think that after a very frustrating three-game losing streak, Washington State is going to work some things out coming down the stretch. Now, the Cougars are currently five and four. And while I don't think that Arizona State is the best spot necessarily uh, remaining on the schedule, it is one that is definitely winnable. So Washington State will hope to go ahead and get that sixth win at home against an Arizona State team still on interim coach level. So give me the Cougs to cover the seven and the hook. The Cougs. There we go. All right, Fetch Show, coming back at you. All right, we've got Western Kentucky at home. Beautiful Bowling Green, Kentucky, hosting Rice. 
All right. Well, hey, the dogs like it too. There yeah, we go. that's my grandparents' dog, Cookie. He, he likes it. He likes the there pick. We go. I love it. All right. You're taking Western Kentucky team total over 37 and a half. Break that one down. Yeah, I had to double check this game to make sure the weather was right. Austin Reed was right because I think 37 and a half is pretty low here for a pretty explosive Western Kentucky offense. Bryce, I think over the last two years, Rice has the highest percentage of overs of any college football team. They gave up 30 last week. They got into a not-so-great UTEP offense. The week before, they gave up 53 to Charlotte. And then before that, they gave up 41 to La Tech. These aren't explosive offenses. Western Kentucky is an explosive offense. We have them scoring 43 points in this game, and I think they could put up 50 easily in this game. I, I like the full game over, and I like Western Kentucky's team over as well. There we go, man. There we go. All right, now, Chip, coming back at you. You're going you're gonna to wrap us up here. You've got two plays. All right, first one, we're going to go. We've got UAB at home against North Texas. You're going to take UAB minus six, and then your second one, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, under 48 and a half. So start with UAB, then go into the Iowa game. UAB remaining schedule is pretty tough. They've got North Texas at home, then they're at LSU, and then they go up against Louisiana Tech, which is not the best team in the world, but they're currently sitting here at four and five. They need two wins in those final three games, and one of them is LSU. This is kind of must-win territory for a Blazers team that, honestly, man, like it's pretty good. Like at least in terms of being better than what you would expect from a four and five team from Conference USA. They had to go to double overtime in a loss to UTSA last time out. They lost to FAU by seven. They lost to Western Kentucky by three. Uh, you know, lost to Rice by four. Lost to Liberty by seven. They've been so close in so many games and ended up on the wrong side of it. Urgency, urgency, urgency for a proud UAB team favored by six. Touchdown win gets a cash for us. So I'll go ahead and lay that with the Blazers. And finally, man, Iowa State makes everybody play these kind of games. You go through all the Big 12 and you're going through, like you're checking the resumes, you're checking the game logs. Everyone's worst offensive performance is against Iowa State. They just drag you into these kind of games. Oklahoma State's offense has fallen off a cliff with Spencer Sanders' health and some of the health of the team in general. So I think that it's going to be another you know, typical Iowa State Big 12 football game. This thing gets decided in the high 30s, low 40s. Dude, I'll tell you what, uh, just thinking about that, what you said about how everyone has their you know worst game against you know Iowa State, I'd love just put it on the stadium. It's like, welcome to hell. Like, that's what you're going to go through. Just welcome to hell. Good luck. All right. Nice and AB, AB, I have another stat that points into Chip's favor. For UAB. Yeah. So UAB, since 2017, coming off a loss in a home game, they are 9-1-2 against the spread. Nice. There we go. Well coached. That's what UAB does, baby. Nice stat right there. All right. Let's get into our big six games of the week. But before we do, let's take a quick break and hear from one of our partners. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. 
And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And we are back. All right, so our first big game here. All right, we've got 15th ranked North Carolina at Wake Forest. Wake Forest, a three and a half point favorite. A total of 77. One official play on this. Chip, you're taking the under 77. What do you say? It's preposterous. <laughs> 77 on the board on November the 12th. These teams, which by the way, like North Carolina dealing with a lot of injury issues, very, very thin and inexperienced on the defensive side of the ball. Wake Forest over the last couple of weeks has seen this offense start to start to at least move a little bit slower and certainly score less points. When we see them rocking and rolling, that's great. But they've had 21 points against NC State. They had 21 points against Louisville. I just think that this is going to be a game that as it plays out, it's going to be a little bit slower, a little bit tighter. 77 is ridiculous. Get out of here with that. No, we going under. <laughs> that is a ridiculous number. That's so many points. All right. For Nelly, coming over to you, not an official play, but you lean North Carolina plus three and a half. What do you see out of it? Yeah, you want to talk about like motivation and things left to play for. North Carolina is trying to play for an ACC title and a possible playoff berth as it keeps being disrespected by the college football playoff ranking committee with its rankings. So to go get a nice win on the road as an underdog against a Wake Forest team that might no longer be ranked, but it's still a respectable team. I think they've got plenty of motivation to do that. And then on the other side of the ball, like we know how things went so poorly for Wake. We were all on Wake minus three and a half against Louisville a couple weeks ago, and then there was like a thousand turnovers in the second half and Wake <laughs> lost. Well, surely Sam Hartman was going to bounce back and have another solid game the week after. He was going to shake off all those interceptions. No. Last week against NC State, he threw two touchdowns, but he threw another three interceptions. So in the last two weeks, Sam Hartman has three touchdowns to six interceptions, which is not the best touchdown to interception ratio. I don't know if he's hurt. I don't know if it's something mental, if there's he's got the yips or something, or if he's just not seeing the defenses right. But he's not playing well right now. So if I'm going to get North Carolina with who the guy who might be the best quarterback in the country right now in Drake May, as the underdog in this matchup, again, it's not an official play, but it's very close to being one. It would be if it wasn't for all the injuries on the defensive side of the ball for the Tar Heels. Yeah, that makes sense. And Fetcho, I'll tell you what, you, you kind of agree. Uh, you, you look at not an official play, but you lean North Carolina, their team total over 36 and a half. What do you see, man? Yeah, I like getting the number at 36 and a half because 37 or 38 hits there. The one side of the ball that I trust most is North Carolina's offense. Like, I don't know what's going on with Sam Hartman. He, he has, might have the yips, like Tom just said. Um, May has been unbelievable this season. He's putting up Heisman-like numbers. I trust UNC's offense. If a game, if the game does go into a shootout, I think there's a good chance that UNC's team total hits. But if there's another Wake versus Louisville situation and Sam Hartman throws a couple of pick sixes, I like the team total for UNC. So that's the common factor there. There we go, man. There we go. Correlated plays. I like it. Always on this show. All right, next game. We have 22nd ranked UCF at 17th ranked Tulane. Game day is there this week, correct? Is that right? 
In no, Tulane? they are in Austin. Oh, are they in Austin? Okay. All right. Tulane, a two. <laughs> so we all know that everybody watches the 11 a.m. CBS Sports HQ pregame That's show. Anyway. Right. That's right. Y'all can forget yeah. whatever that is on that other network. You watch yeah. CBS Sports HQ starting at 11 a.m. And we deliver you the winning ingredients delivered by Papa John's. No <laughs> soft, no soft focus stories on somebody with a who had a rough childhood. Just nothing but picks for now. Picks, picks, no picks, picks, picks. Yeah. So, okay. First off, please plug that again. What time? 11 a.m. Eastern Time, CBS Sports HQ, a full hour of picks previewing the day. There we go. And you know what? I should be grounded for not bringing that up first. Absolutely, you are correct. I mean, I that. seriously haven't watched game day in a couple years. It's mostly because yeah. I'm on this show. But, you know, like <laughs> in general, like I just – I am unaware of the television product anymore. And I do think that w- the product that we put together on CBS Sports HQ is a great way – for a invested football fan to get their college football Saturday started. All right. I'll tell you what, you know what? We're going to have a giveaway Saturday morning and I'll put it out on Twitter and anybody, everybody that is watching that show and post a screenshot on their TV, tablet, phone device, whatever. We're going to give away some early edge merch. So Saturday morning, be prepared on Twitter. We are going to do that. All right. So we got UCF at Tulane, Tulane, a two point favorite total of 54 and a half. No official plays on this game. But you guys all kind of you kind of lean differently here. All right, Tom, I'm going to start with you. You like UCF plus two. Yeah, I don't love it. I just, my gut, this is very much a gut play. To, I, I like Tulane. I think Tulane has had a very good season. Obviously, it's got a very good record. It's the highest ranked group of five team in the college football playoff rankings. But I just, when I watch this team, it does not strike me as a quality team that is going to go without another loss at some point this season. So while there are still plenty of tough games remaining on the schedule, I just look at this one against UCF, Gus Melzon, whatever you think about him overall as a coach, he does well in big games. And, you know, when he was at, at Auburn, he was able to beat Alabama time and time again to save his job and extend his life there on the plains a little longer. This is a huge game for UCF. This will be for first place in the conference. And it also moved the team that wins this game is likely going to be the highest rated group of five team in next week's college football playoff ranking. So it sets the Knights up for that New Year's Six Bowl. So I think this is a close game. My spread, my own personal numbers say that this is about exactly where the spread should be. It's the same with the total. So I don't have a huge lean either way, but it just gut wise. I think this is the Knights. I think they're going to win. There we go. All right, man. All right. Now, Chip Fetcho, you both lean on the other side, two lane minus two. So Chip started off that show follow him up so UCF's got a pretty good offense which is weird because it feels like we just wanted to uh, jump through our screen and, and scream at Gus Malzahn for the way that he was using John Rice Plumley ineffectively for a while there then Plumley goes down Mikey Keene comes in oh no what about our offense well Mikey Keene ends up balling out too with a couple touchdown passes so I would say that <clears throat> looking at UCF like their their offense is probably like a, a pretty good pretty good part of their team but Tulane's defense is nasty. Like Tulane's defense is real good. So my lean is Tulane with defense and home field as sort of the uh, the the two key factors here. There we go. Fetch out. Yeah, I don't think John Bowman would ever forgive me if I went against Tulane here. So I had, <laughs> I had to go with the green wave here. And also UCF, we saw them on the road at East Carolina earlier in the season, lose by 21. They're just a different team away from the bounce house. Our numbers have 
Tulane winning by two. So pretty much what Tom said, exactly in line with the spread. But I got I got to side with my boy Johnny B and go with uh, the Green Wave here. There we go. Now the 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 central theme that I'm getting from this uh, is that be careful, <laughs> be careful mm-hmm. betting this game. Yeah. All right. Our next one here. We've got seventh ranked LSU, a three point favorite on the road at Arkansas. Got a total of sixty four. All right. No official plays. However, bet show. I'm going to start with you. You like LSU minus three here. Yeah, I just trust LSU more than I trust Arkansas. We don't know what the situation is with KJ Jefferson. Jaden Daniels balled out. This feels like a trap. This definitely is a trap. But I just think the Tigers are the better team here. And I got to go with them. Dude, I'll tell you what. They're getting better week by week, man. Like, you could visually see that. But the opposite side, Chip and Tom, you both. Well, Chip, you lean Arkansas plus three. Tom, we'll get to you in a second. Chip, what do you see at Arkansas there? It is not what I see out of Arkansas. <laughs> it's are you willing to trust LSU after that literally seismic win? Remember, the seismograph showed the shaking nice. of the earth nice. as they scored on the two-point conversion. So after a seismic win, do you trust LSU in an 11 a.m. Central Time start? And we saw how trash that team looked at 11 a.m. against Tennessee. Do you trust them to go on the road against an Arkansas team that everybody is counting out? That KJ Jefferson looks a little banged up. They got injuries all over the place. The pass defense has been bad all year. They lost to Liberty Biberty. It is just like college football for that same Arkansas team to get up off the mat and deliver a haymaker to LSU. Maybe LSU goes in, has no letdown. Arkansas's weaknesses end up leading to a big day for Jane Daniels, a fourth straight great game. I've also watched a lot of college football, and we get these dumb results. So I'm, my lean is the dumb result. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Speaking of dumb result, I think your tag team partner here agrees with you. And I'm not calling it dumb. I just like that phrase. Tom, you're leaning Arkansas money line. Don't even want the points. Arkansas wins out. What do you say? Yeah, it's not an official play on the show because we don't know the status of KJ Jefferson, but I'm promising you if KJ Jefferson plays Saturday, I will be with real money in real life betting on Arkansas to win the game because this chip was mentioning like there is no bigger letdown spot for LSU and there's no bigger kind of bounce back spot for Arkansas because LSU is coming off a huge overtime win against Alabama. Arkansas lost to Liberty. So LSU has every excuse in the world to just kind of take a breath. And Arkansas has no excuse not to come out with its hair on fire next week, trying to win a rivalry game against the Tigers. And as far as the matchup is concerned, LSU defensively has been good this year. It's been one of the better defenses in the country. But the one thing that it kind of struggles against is stopping the run, which is why last week when I'm watching it play Alabama, I don't know why Alabama threw so often. Maybe it's because their play color is not the brightest person in the world. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> I think that Arkansas has run the ball very well this season, and I think that they could find some success on the ground doing it against this LSU team. It's going to be close. And in a close game like this that will be played at Arkansas with LSU coming off the emotional win, man, just it, it happens Often enough, give me the hogs on the money line. I don't want I don't want to worry about the spread. I just want to worry about see who wins. There we go, man. I like that. Life play on that. All right. 
there's been some weird games between these two teams. Like that mm-hmm. 2007 game with Darren McFadden. I, that game I remember vividly. I was just 10 years old watching that game. But that was a crazy game, what, 50 to 48? Uh, and there's been some weird games between these two teams. I can see anything happening here. Hey, uh, let me say this. That was a hell of a game. And also, I appreciate you making me feel old. Thank you on that one. <laughs> well done. No, I'm just messing with you. All right. So our next game here, we've got 25th ranked Washington. All right. At 6th ranked Oregon. All right. Oregon, a 13 and a half point favorite, a total of 72 and a half. We have one official play on it. Tom, so coming over to you. You like Oregon minus uh, 13 and a half here? Yeah, I do. I This is I, Washington's not that good. I, it's, I know it's ranked. I know it's got a good record, but it is not a team that I am willing to trust in this spot. Where it's like, if you look at both of these teams, they both have excellent offenses this season and they both have had pretty awful defenses. But Oregon's offense is better than Washington's. Oregon's defense, while not great, is better than Washington's. And I just see the way that the Ducks have been playing since getting absolutely destroyed by Georgia. And they have been silently one of the best teams in the country. Bo Nix is playing a tremendous brand of football with the Ducks. It's kind of surprising to me because I I, I know Bo Nix has highs, but we've never seen him maintain the high for very long. He is maintaining it. They are doing everything. If you watched them last week in that Colorado game, they clowned Colorado. It was disrespectful what they were doing. This team is flying high. They're feeling good about themselves. Their confidence is just at a level that I you don't see very often from other teams. And this is a Washington squad where, yeah, they can move the ball, but Michael Penix is got a little too much YOLO to his game. He puts the ball in dangerous spots. He puts his team at risk when he does it. And while Bo Nix has done that historically throughout his career, he's not doing it right now. Penix still is. So I think that the Ducks are going to win this one. And I think it's going to be, honestly, I think it's going to be a blow. I think it's going to be more of a blowout more often than it will be a close cover. Yeah, that's a good point. And you know what? Like you guys said earlier, style points matter for sure. Points matter, you know. Uh, And dude, you aren't lying about Bo Nix. Our man has been playing his tail off, dude. You are not lying about that at all. All right, Chip Fetcho, neither of you have an official play in this game, but. Uh, no, they're not correlated. I was going to say, no, they're not. Chip, go ahead. You lean towards the over 72 and a half, man. What do you got? Though they could be, there is a game script where that can happen. More on that with the Fed show in a little bit. I think that Washington's strength, passing the ball with Michael Penix, happens to line up against an Oregon weakness, which is the pass defense. I think that Bo Nix and this Oregon offense have shown that they can absolutely roll. And then most importantly for our overplay here is that they can put up points in a hurry. And so I think that uh, it with style points, sure. I mean, that's just icing on the cake of this. For me, it's a real X's and O's decision. You can run against Washington's defense. You can pass against Washington's defense. And guess what? Bo Nix does both pretty well. Tied for fifth in the country in rushing touchdowns with 13. Two more than Bijan Robinson, while also being in the top 15 nationally in passing touchdowns with 22. The man is a total offense beast. Uh, I think he scores a bunch against Washington. And I do think that Washington against this Oregon pass defense can put up some as well. So I will go over this total. There we go, man. There we go. Now, Fetch Show, you lean uh, with the Washington. What is this here? Washington team total under 29 and a half. What do you see? 
Yeah, so the, my pick and Chip's picks aren't correlated at all, but I think there is a good chance that this could hit and the over hits if uh, Oregon comes out on fire. Oregon's defense in Alton Stadium has been really good the last couple of years. Since 2020, they've allowed teams to score above 30 just once. And twice last year, teams scored 29 against the Ducks, which 29 and a half, I'll take 29 points any day of the week. I just, Michael Penix, we didn't get an atmospheric river last week. I was really hoping for one, but the under did cash because Penix wasn't that good against Oregon State's defense. I don't really trust Oregon's defense, but Alton Stadium is going to be rocking. And I, I like the Ducks here. I like minus 13 and a half, and I like them, uh, their defense to be better than Washington's. Dude, let me say this. I'm so glad that you just said that because someone sent a tweet over the weekend on Saturday, and it was the fun, it was one of the funniest tweets that I've ever seen. They're like talking about the atmospheric river. You know what I mean? They're like, I wish I could just get a camera like above. Like, I just want to see what what the hell that it is. Like, they were so fascinated more than the game. Uh, and I am too. Like I just learned about what an atmospheric river is last week. It's awesome, man. All right. Next game here. Ninth ranked Alabama minus 12 at 11th ranked Ole Miss got a total of 63 and a half. No official plays on this one. Chip, I'm going to start with you. You lean Ole Miss plus 12. Yeah. Trusting Alabama in a true road environment over the last two seasons to cover a big number like this has not been profitable. And with Ole Miss finally having a week off to be able to sort of get healthy and just you know, recharge the batteries, I think that they are going to come out fired up and we are going to see a much better performance in this game than what we saw a year ago. Because if you remember, that was a different Ole Miss offense. Were they super productive? One of the SEC's most productive offenses? Yes, but that Matt Corral-led offense got its yards, got its points by a different matter so I think that Ole Miss might be able to move the ball a little bit against Alabama, and I think that if if Ole Miss's defense plays a little bit better than it did right before the bye week, which, again, I think could be possible as we look at the grind of an entire eight weeks before you finally get to rest your body, then, yeah, I think that Ole Miss can definitely keep this tight. So give me uh, the lane train plus 12. The lane train indeed. Now, Fernelli, throwing it to you. Not an official play either, but you lean the under. 63 and a half, 46. Yeah, I, I like Ole Miss plus 12 in this spot too. I just think that after thinking it over more and more, I felt like the under is the smartest play here simply because if we've seen Ole Miss's defense in recent weeks, the one thing that we have noticed is that teams are able to run the ball on it pretty effectively. And you combine that with what Chip was talking about is Ole Miss being a team that is running the ball offensively itself. I think coming off of last week, which I kind of talked about earlier in the show, in which Alabama was throwing the ball all over the place against a defense that was worse against the run than the pass, I wouldn't be surprised if Nick Saban, who is facing a coach he used to scream at on the sidelines for his play calling, maybe went to his current offensive coordinator in practice this week and probably in more colorful language said, gee golly, don't you think it would be neat if we handed the ball off a little more often this weekend against this old Miss team? So I think we are going to see a greater emphasis on the run game from Alabama than we've typically seen at any other point this season. And I think they'll have success doing it. And we're going to see not, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be hard for this one to get into the sixties when both of these teams are running the ball more often than not. So I think the under is the smartest play on the board this week. That's a good call right there. Good call. Now, Fetcho, you lean Alabama minus 12. 
What do you say? Yeah, I got to apologize right now. Some workers just started outside. But we talked before the show how good Alabama is against the spread following a loss. But this isn't your normal Alabama team. They just don't look right. I still lean Alabama minus 12, but I probably like the under a bit more. And those five games after a loss, Alabama has outscored teams 35 to 9 on average. We saw them just destroy Mississippi State. I just don't trust this Alabama team. So I trust the under a little more. I think they do run the ball more. Ole Miss has been run first this year because Jackson Dart isn't the QB that Matt Corral was throwing the ball. They do have a really solid run game with Judkins. Their true freshman is a stud. I like the under here. Yep, I kind of feel you on that. I, I think I think you guys broke it down perfectly. That there's going to be a lot of running the football. There's going to be a lot of running the football and forcing that on the other defenses. All right, last game here, number four TCU at 18th ranked Texas. Texas a seven point favorite, total of 65. All right, we have two official plays here. All right, Fetner, let it rip, man. You like TCU plus seven. Yeah, I got this at TCU plus seven and a half earlier that week. I love it. TCU, since joining the Big 12, they're four and one when playing in Austin. I think this line's a bit disrespectful, uh, honestly. The number four team in the country down a full seven points. I mean, TCU's been the better team this season. Ewers has looked good, but he's inconsistent. I trust Max Duggan's experience a little more than I trust Ewers. And I just don't trust Texas yet. I know so Texas is not back. TCU might be back, but we'll see. Well, I, I think they're what? TCU TCU is the only undefeated FBS team in the state of Texas, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're good, man. They're good. Now, Tom, you have an official play in this game. Also, TCU plus seven. Bring it up. Yeah, I understand why the spread is where it is because, I mean, the power ratings, the metrics love Texas, but they've loved Texas all season long, and that hasn't stopped Texas from being Texas at any point in the season. So if I can get a touchdown with the better team in the game, it's really hard to pass that up because this is a Texas team that, you know, it crushed Oklahoma 49 to nothing. But since then, it narrowly escaped Iowa State. It blew a lead against Oklahoma State, and it nearly blew a lead again last week against Kansas State. The, the team, it's a young team with a young quarterback who's very talented, but they don't quite know how to put teams away when they get the chance to. Meanwhile, this is a TCU team that's been through the fires repeatedly this year. They have won games from ahead. They have come from behind to win. All they have done is taken every challenge put in front of them and defeated the challenge. This is just the latest. Sure, maybe Texas ends their undefeated season and gets the win here but they're not going to do it by more than a touchdown. So give me the frogs and the seven points. There we go. Now to end it up, not an official play, but chip, you lean TC plus seven as well, man. Everybody agrees. Yeah. Who's the assistant to the head coach for the Texas Longhorns right now? That would be Gary Patterson. Yeah. And when he was head coach of TCU, did those TCU players look like they were having fun being a part of a football program? Not really, no. Yeah, and they look like they're having a whole lot of fun now, right? Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, they want to stick it to Gary. They just <laughs> want to take Gary Patterson and show him exactly what it looks like to be able to run a functioning Big 12 title contending program while also being able to enjoy yourself. Because whether it's on the field, whether it's on the sideline, whether it's from the awesome locker room videos or other hype videos that the school puts out, this TCU team looks like they were just having a lot of fun 
with this amazing ride. So Gary Patterson, he looks like a cop at the fun police, <laughs> Detective Patterson. <laughs> I think that they just want to stick it to the fun police and show them how much fun the Hypnotoad can have. Give me the frogs. <laughs> okay, so first off, the Hypnotoad is awesome. Second, he looks like a cop. That, that 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 might be the greatest lie that's ever been delivered on this show. And there have been a ton of them. I absolutely love this show every single week. All right, everybody, grab your paper, grab your pencil. Let's take a recap here. It does. It does not look like a cop. I'll tell you that. Tom Fernelli is on TCU plus seven, Wisconsin, Iowa over 35, Oregon minus 13 and a half, Florida minus seven and a half. Jacob Fetner is on TCU plus seven, SMU team total over 45 and a half. Tennessee first half minus 11 and a half and Western Kentucky team total over 37 and a half. Chip Patterson is on North Carolina Wake Forest under 77. Kentucky team total over 33. Michigan minus 29 and a half. Washington State minus seven and a half. UAB minus six and Iowa State, Oklahoma State under 48 and a half. All right. As we do every week, how we end this show because we are so thankful that you guys take the time out of your busy weeks. And I mean that because I know how damn busy that you guys are. I cannot thank you enough for doing this every single week. want to make sure that we're all plugged in and tuned in to everything that you guys are doing. So first, like we said, Saturday morning, go ahead and plug that show one more time, please. All right, 11 a.m. Eastern time. Tom, you on first two blocks too? I don't know yet. Maybe. Okay, probably. All right, so probably from 11 to 11.30 a.m. Eastern time, Tom Fernelli and I on uh, college football pregame, 11 a.m. Eastern time on CBS Sports HQ. You can watch it on the CBS Sports app, on your phone, on your Apple TV, or CBSSportsHQ.com, college football pregame, 11 a.m. Eastern time. I love it. All right, so what we're going to do is that we are going to have a little bit of a just some game show fun. On that one, I'm going to put out a picture Saturday morning watching the show. Everyone else that is also watching the show, reply with a picture of your phone, TV, tablet, anything that you name that you watch on. And we're going to give away some early edge merch because these guys are just awesome. All right. So for Nelly, I'm going to throw it over to you first, man. What do we need to know? What you working on this week? Uh, I'm going to let Chip go through all the typical promos for the normal Cover 3 podcast schedule to point mention that Chip and I, we talked about Matt Corral earlier in the show. Well, Chip and I will be talking to Matt Corral on Saturday afternoon as part of our Cover 3 SEC watch party before the Alabama Ole Miss game. A 30-minute little pregame, Chip, me, Matt Corral getting ready for the SEC on CBS Game of the Week. Join us on Twitter, on YouTube. It's going to be a good time. It is going to be a good time. All right, Chip Patterson, go ahead, buddy. Yeah, so Thursday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, the Cover 3 Locks Edition. Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Early Edge Morning Show. Saturday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on College Football Pregame. Then 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time, Tom, Chip, Matt Corral, breaking down Ole Miss, Alabama. What else do you want? And 11.30 p.m. Eastern Time for our College Football Instant Reaction Show on the Cover 3 Podcast. I love it. I love it. And as always, Fet Show, we will get your update from the model to begin next week's show. But is there anything that you need to say? You look like you're in a house of windows and dogs. Windows and dogs. There's dogs everywhere. We are. There's burner doodles everywhere. There's doodles everywhere. There's windows everywhere. You know, we've got a storm coming. I uh, hope everyone stays safe. Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm living life right now. Basketball, football, just can't go wrong with both of those on right now. College sports is, is the heaven right now. 
Dude, it really is. And you know what? Pet all the dogs for us. Every one of them. They all deserve pets and a ton of treats. And everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. We will be live next week for week 12, same time, Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern. But until then, everybody, best of luck. Let's cash these tickets. We'll see you next week. Bye.